Today I have a very practical lesson for you, and I feel like I give that disclaimer frequently when I speak, but I don't know what you've come expecting today. And I'm sorry, I'm off, I'm off kilter, so you will see me go up and down. But I feel like this can be considered a practical extension of Keith's message from last Sunday. After all, this is Sunday school, though, and we are never too old to learn. Amen? Amen. So my title today is Kingdom Initiative, and I will be talking about spiritual gifts. Sometimes the topic of spiritual gifts can be extremely intimidating. Um, you, if you feel like you do not have the gift of prophecy like Brother Morton Bustard, Maybe you don't have the gift of the interpretation of tongues, like pastor frequently has. Uh, maybe you don't have the gift of healing or something that you deem important. Maybe you don't feel like then that you have a gift. Maybe you don't feel like that you have a gift worth using. Maybe you feel like you don't have a kingdom-given gift that is beneficial to the kingdom. So I hope to change your mind today. Let's first look at the meaning of spiritual gift. From the Ministry Tools website, I obtained this definition. And they say, although scripture does not define what a spiritual gift is, the Bible teaches enough on the subject to draw an adequate conclusion. And it brings together some key truths from the word of God. So here is their definition. A spiritual gift is a special divine empowerment bestowed on each believer by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a given ministry God's way according to his grace and discernment to be used within the context of the body of Christ. That's kind of complicated thinking about, isn't it? So if we could spend time here, we could break down that entire sentence and break it down phrase by phrase, but it almost makes it sound complicated and intimidating again. So I want us to simplify it down today so the next statement that I'm going to give you, the next definition, if you will, is uh, from the article that this message is based off of. And it is from the Reflections magazine, um, the, and credit is given to Julie Long, and I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But here is her definition. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given to believers by God to serve others. That's much simpler, isn't it? We can all comprehend that and ingest that. That is not scary, and that is not intimidating. We are all believers in here, correct? There you go. So we will get to spiritual gifts here in a moment, but I do want to pause right here and say, in that statement, there is an initiative that is to be done by the believers, which, again, us. The initiative is to serve others. Spiritual gifts are not for our own good. They're not for our personal gain. They're not to make us elevated in the sight of people. They are not um, to bring glory to ourselves and to make names for ourselves. They are given with the purpose of serving others. Others first. The definition of initiative from Merriam-Webster states, energy displayed in initiation of action a leading action, but one definition simply says it's an introductory step. A step in the right direction, a step towards serving others, a step towards using your gifts for the kingdom. 
1 Peter 4 and 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. It could also be said this way, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. It's not about me. It's about the king. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. So several Saturdays ago over breakfast, my family, we had this same discussion that we are talking about today. We read 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, and we discussed the article that I'm going to share with you. We wanted our children to know that there's always a place for them in the kingdom. We wanted them to know that they can take initiative at any point in their lives to work for the kingdom. No matter their age, no matter their abilities or lack thereof, no matter their season in life. And so from the list that we will discuss in just a little bit, we went around the table and we found at least two things for each of the four of us where God had used us in kingdom work over the last couple of months. And it was so encouraging to see that even at eight years old and 15 years old, God is using them in the kingdom despite their lack of experience, despite their age, and possibly even despite their lack of understanding of, of things or the entire Bible, because we're never gonna get there that we understand everything. So do we feel like that some days? Do we feel that God shouldn't or couldn't use us because we lack experience, we lack understanding, we lack knowledge? That couldn't be farther from the truth. God used Moses despite that he was hiding in the desert. He used Rahab despite that she was a prostitute. He used Jonah despite that he was very disobedient. Now, he had consequences, but God still used him. God used Ruth, despite that she was from a bad country, from Moab. God used Gideon, despite that he was very fearful and afraid. God used David, despite that he was a murderer, among other things. God used Peter, despite the fact that he had a quick temper. And God used Paul, despite the fact that he had persecuted Christians and even murdered them. That did not stop God from using him. We need to make ourselves available to God and leave the rest up to him. He is the absolute very best judge on who gets what gifts and when is the best time to use them. But we have to trust him with that and take initiative to move forward. There are nine specific spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. And we will talk about those. But however, there are more mentioned in Romans 12 that we possibly don't discuss as often. So let's go ahead and we're going to dive into our passages. There are two lengthy readings, but I'm just going to go straight through and then we'll talk about it. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12. And that is, uh, we're going to start at verse 4 and go through verse 12. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, 
to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now, if you were here last Sunday, you should remember that Keith preached about being the body of Christ and that we are all members. So we're going to skip down to verse 27, and we're actually skipping over the passage that he used last week, talking about that we are the body and members of the body, and as different members of the body, we have different roles to do. And as being different members with different roles, we have different gifts. There are not going to be, there's no one in here that's going to have the exact same set of gifts, or if you have similar gifts, you're probably not going to use them in the same way. So let's get down to verse 27, and we're going to read through 31. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, help, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? You can say no to each one of those. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? No. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. I want to flip on over to Romans 12. This is absolutely one of my favorite passages, um, and it is the entire chapter is highlighted in my Bible. It is just chock full of wonderful things, and I really don't have a better word to describe it. Um, and I do have a pink Bible. Please don't judge my maturity level for that. I needed a Bible that I could write on the sides. And so in my pink Bible, the heading on this chapter is dedicate your lives to God. Now, in my mom's old Bible, I really prefer the heading of the chapter. And it's called Sundry Practical Duties Recommended. And it is. This entire chapter is recommended. And if you could just sit there and work on each verse, take one verse at a time, because some verses are not easy to work on. If you could take one verse at a time and work on those in your life, the fruit in your spirit and the fruit in your life would be awesome. So let's start with Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, again we go back to that, 
and all members have not the same office, the same job, the same role. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and re weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Could, you could work on that for all of your life. Live peaceably with all men and women. <laughs> Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So now that we've read the two passages regarding spiritual gifts, I would like to give you the information in the article in the Reflections magazine. And again, I want to give credit to the author, Julie Long. She's the Atlantic District Ladies Ministry President. Now, the title of the article is Helping Children Develop Spiritual Gifts. But I promise you there is nothing childish about the article, and we will all benefit from its contents. I'm going to give you 15 gifts and a short blurb about each one of them, and then I'll list them at the very end. We could spend time in multiple messages diving deeper into each of these um, or even groups of them because gifts can be grouped. But today it's really just an overview. And if some resonate with you or if you identify some in your life that you wanna know more about, then take it upon yourself. Take the initiative to do that as homework to learn more about those gifts. So let's look at the first one, prophesying. You hear and deliver messages from God to others. Sometimes you see visions from God when praying for a person or dream things that have come true. So it's more than just speaking words to someone here at the altar. Serving. You are content to support a cause by helping others. Practical, observant, and detailed 
You enjoy helping with everyday tasks. That is a kingdom gift. That's a spiritual gift. Teaching. You help others understand God's word. Logical, methodical, and patient. You love to learn and teach others what you have learned. Encouraging. You can motivate others by guiding them in the right direction. Your positive outlook is inspirational. And don't we all love positive people? You notice what people do well and you tell them. It's encouraging. Giving. You are generous, hospitable, and resourceful. And this is not just in money. Giving money or things to others makes you feel good. Maybe you even give your time. You like to create gifts to give to people and plan ways to care for others. Leading administration. You can visualize a goal and inspire others to accomplish the goal. Thorough, organized, and responsible, you feel a lot of satisfaction from completing a task. Mercy. We sure need a lot of this in our world. You have a compassionate heart towards others often a first responder to someone who gets hurt and not just in the physical sense. You are affectionate, expressive, and kind. You always look for the good in others. Wisdom. You are a problem solver and a peacemaker in a conflict situation. You can apply knowledge and understanding to life situations. Knowledge. You may be studious and enjoy learning. It's common for you to ask questions until you understand something. There is nothing wrong with that, whether you're a child or an adult. Sometimes you know things about God before someone even teaches you. Faith. Demonstrating a confident trust in God, you don't question, but you choose to accept what you were told about God or read in the Bible. You pray easily without worry. That is a gift. That is a gift. Healing. If someone says they are sick, your first instinct is to pray. People regularly experience a touch from God emotionally, physically, or spiritually when you pray for them. It does not have to be right here at the altar and uh, a leg that is missing grows back. That is not. It can be. But that is not what the gift of healing is only. Miracles. The gift of signs and wonders gives credibility to God's word and the gospel message. Your desire is for God to reveal his glory so, will, so that many will believe in him. It's not for your glory, it's for his. Discernment. You are sensitive to what the spirit of God is doing. You have good judgment and can recognize whether something is from God. And again, when it isn't. <laughs> Tongues. You are prompted by the Holy Spirit to deliver a message from God in tongues that glorifies God and with the help of an interpreter instructs the church. Okay, so that's, there are tongues and then there are, there are tongues that need an interpretation for the edifying of the body of Christ. And the last is the interpretation of tongues. You have the supernatural ability to understand and explain messages from God in tongues. 
So now that we've gone through 15 of the gifts, and that is not an exhaustive list. That is just from this article that I'm sharing that there are 15. So let's look at how to develop the gifts. Number one, source it. All spiritual gifts come from God and are empowered by his spirit. You may think you were born with it, that it's just your nature, and you're probably right, you were born with it, but it's not coming from you. <laughs> it came from the God who created you in your mother's womb. Number two, plant it. We grow our gifts in the church. Remember, discovering our spiritual gifts, it's not the main goal. Using them to bless and serve others is our main goal. Number three, submit it. It is important and a matter of protection for others and us that we operate in our spiritual gift with accountability to godly leadership. Accountability is important. Number four, purify it. As we develop in character, wisdom, and holiness, our gift is perfected. We always have to be striving to move forward, to develop. And number five, study it. What does the Bible teach about how spiritual gifts operate? There are right ways and there are wrong ways. <laughs> you, can, you can hurt people's feelings and, and turn people away from the gospel message and from Christ if, if you happen to do things the wrong way. So that is something we have to be careful of. What does the Bible teach about your particular gifts? And number six, use it. Don't hold back. Even if you are starting out and tentative, if you are 8 or 80, God can use you powerfully. Use the gift to bless others, strengthen the church, and glorify God. Now, I like things to be orderly in my life. It's just the way I was born. I just like things orderly. And some of my earliest childhood memories, um, up the road here at Miss Ethel's, original store many of you may remember it some of my earliest childhood memories I remember standing in front of the candy rack and if there were Snickers in the Twix box the Snickers went back in the Snickers box if there was pink bubble gum with the red bubble gum the pink went back in the correct box I just fixed their candy shelf for them and it, I didn't realize what I was doing I just knew that things were not in place and not in the correct order so my mom recognized that in me, and in turn, she helped me to use that for kingdom work, even though I didn't know it at the time. So when I was very young, maybe three, four, I'm not sure what the, the normal um, protocol was. I don't know if families switched up cleaning the church. I don't know if they volunteered, took turns, but that was before we had a, a dedicated cleaning team. And so my family would have times of, of cleaning the church. So my very first job here at the church was straightening the songbooks in the back of every pew. And so my mom had recognized that at the grocery store, the gas station, in straightening the shelves, that that would probably be a good job for me here at church. And I straightened every songbook and they all turned the exact same way. They couldn't be flipped upside down. They couldn't be flipped backward. That was my very first job here. And that became, um, the starting point of taking initiative and working for the kingdom. I eventually graduated to picking up the used Kleenex, but I probably wanted to go back to the, to the hymnals. <laughs> but my mom had seen that in me, and she helped me use that for the kingdom. 
And so as a side note for you who are parents or, or maybe even have grandchildren, she also modeled her gifts in front of me. My mom was gifted in multiple areas and she used her gifts not only in her business, but also in church as well. She did both. She didn't limit it to her gifts only being used here in the house of God or only in the business that she owned. She used them in both. And I still have people to this day that say, I went to your mom's daycare. Or I have parents who say, my kids went to your mom's daycare and I always felt they were so safe and secure with your mom. I always felt peace when I was there. That was my mom using her gifts. So that's what I mean when I say it's, it's not just for the kingdom. It's not limited to church only, but it doesn't exclude church. It's for everything. It's for every area of your life. The kingdom is all of it. The kingdom includes every part of our life, not just here at church. Now, you should be able to look at this list and find at least one of these gifts that's evident in your life. Maybe there are multiple gifts that are evident. So you need to find your gifts and ask, how can I serve others and in turn serve the kingdom with these gifts? Look at this list and think about your family, your sphere of influence, your workplace, your neighbors, and yes, here at church. How can your gifts be used? Where can they be used? God gave you giftings in order to serve others for the benefit of the kingdom. You're going to hear me say that so many times, maybe in rearranged in different order of the sentence. The gifts are given to you for the benefit of the kingdom to bless and serve others. If your gifts aren't obvious to you right off, then pray about that. Ask God to open your eyes and heighten your understanding because he has given you gifts and he wants you to know what they are. He's not hiding them. Also, never be embarrassed or ashamed of your gifts because they're not the same as someone else's. Is being a prophet and cooking a pot of soup for a sick person equal? No, not really. It, it doesn't feel like it. So maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to debate that and I'm not going to be the judge of that. But is being a prophet and cooking a pot of soup both important? Yes. We can all agree they are important. Equal is not what we're striving for. Working for the kingdom and serving others and blessing others is what we're working for. Our goal is to find our gifts that have been given to us and then determine how to take initiative. It's not about us. It's about the king. It's not about us. It's about the kingdom. Author Allie Patterson wrote in an article God gives amazing gifts. Through the power of his spirit, we get access to these incredible gifts from a God who had planned them for us all along. Our gifts are not there to maximize ourselves, but instead to maximize God by bringing his grace to other people. You are the manager of your gifts, and they are actually on loan to you. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. She continues, You are a manager, the steward of the gifts that you have been given. 
God's purpose in giving them to you is to pass out his grace to the people around you. Your gifts are actually God's grace in disguise. God gave them to you. He empowers them in you. And he wants you on his mission with your gifts. When we use our gifts to bring glory to God, not us, and for the good of others, not ours, that's when our gifts start to lead us into a satisfying, thriving life. She finishes with this. You have gifts. They are there on purpose for God's purpose. The world is desperate for the grace of God, and you have an unending supply of it inside of you, just waiting to come out through your gifts. Now, I'm in no way diminishing the nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. We've always talked about that. We've had messages. There are um, all kinds of, of importance placed on those. And I am not diminishing the importance of those because Scripture brought that out, so they are important. But what I hope I did today was make you aware there are other giftings that you are not excluded because maybe you do not have one of those nine. I hope that I made you aware that God has given you gifts and they are for kingdom purpose. It's really not as complicated as sometimes we make it. If we can ever get our focus off of ourselves and our needs and our wants and focus on the kingdom, our lives will change. How can you take initiative in using your gift? Your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. And there is a world out there that is desperate, desperate for what we have. I'm not asking you to go around and shout Jesus from the rooftops. Although if you want to do that, that is awesome. That is not every personality. But if you cook a pot of soup, if you teach a Bible study, if you talk to people in your workplace, whatever you know that you have, that you think, oh, I don't know, I make, I make cards. What, what can that do to help the kingdom? A lot. There are people who would love a homemade card. There are things in your life. Don't dismiss that. Think of it as a kingdom gift, but you have to take the initiative to say, how can I use A, B, or C for the kingdom? How can I use this to benefit and bless and serve others who are around me, whether they are here at church, in your home, in your workplace, your neighbors, anywhere in your world? How can you benefit and serve and bless? Remember, it all comes down to this. It's not about us. It's about the king. It's not about us. It's about the kingdom. I'm so sorry if that seems harsh that it is not about you, but it is not about me either. And it is all about the king and the kingdom.